0: Sunday, the first Sunday of November, typically is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And I would encourage you, if you have not heard of this, or maybe you have heard of it but have never really participated, or you've done it every year, uh, look into what it is that the persecuted church is going through. This is... A great challenge to the Western Church, and when I say Western Church, I mean North America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, these places, where this idea of actual physical persecution isn't really something that happens on a regular basis. You don't hear reports of people in Wisconsin or something having their church burned down by extremist atheists or Muslims or something like that. But you do hear about that in Afghanistan and in China where there's regularly raids on unregistered churches. You hear about it in Ethiopia, uh, certainly the Muslim world. Colombia is another place where this happens on a regular basis where uh, people who are leaders within the church are being killed for their faith and it's something that we in the west need to stand up and pay attention to so i would encourage you to look at two ministries one of them is the voice of the martyrs and they were founded by richard Wormbrand, who himself spent 14 years in prison in romania because he stood up and said on national radio at a pastor's conference that the teachings of communism and the teachings of Jesus Christ are in no way compatible whatsoever. And he did that because his wife (laughs) asked him to, (laughs) or challenged him to, I should say, um, they, she was sitting right next to him and various pastors were getting up and praising the the writings of Karl Marx and uh, Vladimir Lenin and Stalin and saying that you know they were the new Moses that would stand side by side with Jesus Christ in this new era of communist Romania and Richard Wurmbrand was of course there at that conference with his wife and was appalled at what was happening And his wife said, why don't you stand up and say something? And wipe the shame off of Jesus' face, I think was the phrase that she used. And um, there's actually a film coming out about Sabina Wormbrand here in the next month or two that was produced by Voice of the Martyrs. And so uh, that that incident in their life will surely be in the film because it was a turning point in his uh, life as a pastor and leader in the church. But... um, he uh, he said, you realize if I stand up and say something, I'll, I'll be a dead man. They will mark me. And she said, I would rather be married to a dead man who was faithful to the Lord than a coward or something along those lines. And so he got up and he made his statement. And uh, it wasn't too long after that that he was abducted, uh, literally abducted, walking down the street, car pulled up, grabbed him, threw him in. And that was it for the next seven years. I think three years in solitary confinement and seven years seven or eight years in prison uh, and then he was released for a short time and then went back to prison for a number of years more and i think a total of something like 14 years in prison and uh it was interesting when they released him finally a, a ransom was paid by some believers i think in norway or sweden to have him released and they said if you ever talk about what happened to you in these prisons here in romania we will hunt you down and kill you and his response was is, well i 've been in your prisons for fourteen years, and you couldn 't kill me. Why do you think you 'll be able to kill me when i 'm when i 'm released and doing what God has <laughs> called me to do out there?" And, um, that was the kind of guy that he was, but he came to America and eventually and he founded uh, Christ to the communist world, and which eventually became voice of the martyrs so they 're a ministry that is still going, and they have uh, greatly Aided and helped the persecuted church all over the world uh, for the last, I don't know, 50 years or something like that, 40 years. And so they're a good ministry to look into. The other one is Spirit of Martyrdom, and they do a lot of their work in uh, Northern South Africa, Oops, sorry, not South Africa, uh, South America, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, those places, as well as in India. They have a lot of work going on there uh, te- with uh, church planting. Uh, Schools and training facilities and things like that. And so I would recommend you looking into either one of those two ministries to get information about this idea of the International Day of Prayer. And they'll have resources and things like that. So it's a real challenge. I've been reading about the persecuted church for, oh, I don't know, probably close to 10 years or so. I've been to a number of Voice of the Martyrs conferences and uh, heard people speak and spoken to people who have been persecuted for their faith have been in prison for their faith in different countries and it's a humbling thing to know that you're living here in the west uh and maybe you're listening to this and you're you're not in the west maybe you're in southeast asia or uh, africa or something like that where this kind of thing is a bit more real so let this be also an encouragement to you but the context in which uh, I live, and I think a lot of you listeners out there, is that we live in places where we are for the most part free to say what we want in legally and um without the fear of being you know having our house burned down or uh, having our church raided or something like that. but uh, you know, having traveled quite a bit in different countries and things and and hearing. Uh, these men and women at these conferences speak about their experiences in suffering for the faith, it is a challenge to me and it has been a challenge to me for years and years and years. And one that I, I don't think I've I yet am living up to. But when you hear the stories of these people and they talk about the need to rely on the Lord and the need to have His strength flow through them because they are taking a stand for their faith... And the results that come from it are stunning. And that is what encourages me, and I hope will encourage you as well. Sign up for the Voice of the Martyrs free magazine that they put out and read these stories every month. I just read this uh, the last couple days, a story about a, a Muslim in Ethiopia who became a believer. His, parent, his father and his brothers beat him. Uh, they burned all of his belongings they kicked him out of the house they they recruited people to search for him later when he you know went to a school to learn to be to do evangelism and and uh, burned his house down him and his wife weren't there at the time but they these people found his house and burned it to the ground This you know it's a story i just read this morning about uh, this chap in ethiopia and And their stories are recent. I mean, this isn't stuff that happened 20 years ago. This is stuff that probably happened this year. And so, uh, what do we do about that? I mean, here in America or Canada or Australia or England or wherever you happen to be living right now, are we taking these kind of stands for our faith? We're not going to have our house burned down. Um, You know, we're not going to be punched and beaten up by our our brothers or family members uh, who who hear that we've become a Christian or, you know, the whatever whatever they think about it. But um, we it's always been a challenge to me. Let me read this passage to you from Colossians chapter 1. This is a beautiful uh, prayer that Paul says. He prays for the Colossians there. He says, For this reason... Um, no, No, the reason is that he had heard about the faith of the church in Colossae, and so he was writing to them. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now, read that last bit very slowly. For all patience and long-suffering with joy. Notice the word suffering is in there. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So this is what Paul is praying for these believers at this church in Colossae, that they would have this power, this strength that would come from God in the face of suffering, in the face of persecution. So do a word study on patience. It's not just waiting quietly without complaining. It's, it has to do with um, enduring through suffering in the New Testament. So it's, it's beyond what we think of it or how we typically use it in a very sort of uh, minimal sense today of just shut up and be patient, you know, the, we'll get to the buffet line in a minute you know, or whatever. But um, uh, it has to do with with being uh, having a kind of endurance in the midst of suffering. so But he says here to do it with joy. And that's what is stunning to me when you read the testimonies of these people, and hear their story and you find out that even though they are in prison and they are deprived and they are in a place where the most of us would just fall apart in a lot of ways uh we i mean in this country goodness sake if the if the church runs out of creamer at the coffee bar people get upset i mean <laughs> it could be almost that stupid i mean there's a phrase that i throw out that other people have used as well first world problems You know, the the sting of like, oh, I just bought this car and now it's got a crack in the windshield. Oh, it drives me nuts. Uh, It's a first world problem. So these are such minor things that we shouldn't even think about getting wound up about. And yet we do. We get annoyed by these things. You know, oh, my bread's not on the shelf, stupid COVID. I got to eat this different kind of bread. I mean, get over it already. It's just the way life goes sometimes. We, you know, we can't control everything. And in the West, we've been lulled in this false sense of security that we will always have electricity. We will always have a petrol station that we can fill our car up with and go where we want to go. We will always have a warm house or a cool house to come to. We don't have to let the, you know, the the hot sun in July bother us or whatever. Or maybe if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, the hot sun in December bother you. We don't have to, you know, we think that we can avoid these things or that we can alter our environment to to make our life more comfortable. And it it lures us, lulls us into a false sense of of, um, thinking that our Christian life is all about just um, making sure that we say we love God and we're good. But it doesn't work like that. What does it say in the New Testament? It says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There, Paul goes through long lists of ways that he has suffered for his faith. Prisons and beatings and stonings and whippings and being kicked out of synagogues, being spat on, being re- reviled and lied about and all sorts of things. And yet he pushes through and he says here that he's praying for the Colossians that they will be, do- will be able to be strengthened with all might according to God's glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. And when you read about, uh, go back and listen to the podcast I did before on Peter Yasek. I did a review of his book. Get his book and read it. I mean, this guy was, uh, he was only in prison in Sudan uh, within the last five or six years. And yet you, you see a strength that flows through him that comes from the Lord. And I saw him at a conference where he spoke about his experiences. Uh, in this prison in Sudan, and the other men who were in the prison were actually there at the conference with him. And he talks about how God gave him the strength to work through situations and answered his prayers, and people were led to the Lord and people were strengthened through it because he has qualified, he wants to qualify us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So, even though it's a strange paradox, that what the New Testament teaches is when we are weak, God is strong and we feel like we we can't do anything it's like oh i'm just such a lousy believer i didn't say the right thing or whatever but if we're walking in humility and we're walking in obedience and if we're listening to god on a regular basis and if we're in the scriptures and trying to and, and living our life according to the scriptures asking god to empower us to do it then we can stand against these things and we wonder why america and the rest of the world in the western world is so flipping out about this whole business with the epidemic and pandemic or whatever and illnesses and lockdowns and shutdowns and everything else we need to be walking in the strength of the lord above all of that in prayer and seeking god on how we can point people to him i just recently heard uh that the in australia they've had such massive lockdowns in the last year and a half or so that the suicide rate is now higher than the death rate of COVID. (laughs) i mean that's terrible why are people willing to kill themselves over being locked down this is a time when the church should be saying no there is life in christ that we should be tapping into and in prayer and in uh, trying to encourage each other to to stand above all these things and reach out to those who are suffering and there is suffering i'm not saying that there isn't so persecution is a very real thing in much of the world uh the muslim world and the communist world north korea things like that if you have not discovered uh some of the testimonies from these people, then I would encourage you to to look them up uh, at the persecution.com and the Spirit of Martyrdom website and be challenged and go to their conferences and discover what kind of life is being lived in these countries by these believers. And we really should try to, uh, in our own life, have that spirit of prayer about these things and about the people around us. And I've been challenged for years in my own life about prayer and how to grow in that and how to be more, um, uh, I don't know, determined or, or uh, disciplined in my prayer. And that's a whole different thing. But when, But you know and I know that when things are starting to not go our way, we tend to then start praying. And so there's a sense in persecution that it's a way for God to... Um, strengthen his people it's like lifting weights so the chinese church they have the right attitude on these kind of things where they're actually thankful um for the prison sentences that that, that they've had because it's strengthened their faith and there's actually kind of a a um, a norm within much of the underground church or the unregistered church in China that to be a leader in the church, a recognized leader, you've had to have been in prison for a time. And that's sort of the way they look at it. They don't ask like, what Bible school did you go to and what degree did you get? It's like, oh, it's like, what prison were you <laughs> were you in? That's sort of the the normal way of thinking about things over there in the the a lot of the churches in China and we don't think like that. We have we get obsessed with numbers, not with depth of knowledge, of wisdom, and understanding of scriptures. And I'm just as guilty as it as the next guy because I live in a Western country, so I have to be constantly reminding myself of these things. But let me point out that um, at one of the Voice of the Martyrs conferences we went to, we heard from a pastor there who pastored a church in I want to say Bethlehem. In Israel, and he obviously was surrounded by, by Muslims constantly in his church. And so, but he was very bold in, in his statements and what he did. But he shared this illustration from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So you remember those guys in the book of Daniel, how they would not uh, bow down to this statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And as a result, the threat was, was We're going to throw you into the furnace. So Nebuchadnezzar had a big furnace there. Uh, He was going to throw anyone who didn't bow down to his statue into it. He was putting himself in the position of a false god. So there's a whole bunch of this typology of the Antichrist and things like that there. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we are not. And even if we die, even if our god does not save us physically, we will not bow down. It's a beautiful statement of faith and of uh, trust in the Lord. And so it says that Nebuchadnezzar was so angry that he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. Now this pastor, what he said was that seven is in the Bible often, uh, very often, a number used to indicate perfection. So (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar heated this thing up seven times hotter. His intention, inspired by the devil, was to make them suffer more. But the reality is, is he, in God's eyes, he, God said, Oh no, this is just a better opportunity for me to exercise my strength and show my glory through their suffering and their persecution. So there's, so this is how the devil operates. He thinks he's doing something that is going to hurt the church, where in reality, God is looking at and saying, no, this is going to strengthen the church. Just like putting yourself under those weights when you're weightlifting or saying, I will run this marathon, it's about having that pressure on you to make you stronger so you can accomplish the thing that you have set out to accomplish. And in this case, it's we are going to have God's glory shine through us. So, they were thrown into the furnace. The intention of Nebuchadnezzar was of the devil. He wanted them to suffer. But the intention of God was, as he wanted to be glorified through them. And what happened? When they're actually in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar says, Hey, how many people did we throw in? And some guy there says, We threw in three, O Lord, O King. And he says, "Then why do I see four? And one of them is like the Son of God he says so this was a t- a moment for god to actually meet with shadrach meshach and abednego in the furnace and they didn't leave until they were called out by nebuchadnezzar they were quite happy to stay in there and when they came out they had no hint of any sort of effects from the fire whatsoever upon them and so what does it say in this prayer from paul he's delivered us oh um Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power For all patience and long suffering with joy Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light So they were like, they inherited the, the position of saints in the light When they were thrown into that fire But it took the work of an evil man to do it So that God could show himself strong in the midst of it And this is our constant reminder throughout Scripture of any time these kind of things, any kind of, uh, like, I mean, Jesus is our prime example of going to the cross. It looked like a bad thing, him going to the cross. It looked like, oh no, he's being attacked by the Sanhedrin. He's being crucified by the Romans. This is a bad thing. He's going to die. Oh, the shame. Oh, the everything bad about it. But then three days later, he turns around and raises from the dead. So what man meant for evil, what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around and used it for his glory. And the cross and the resurrection now becomes the epitome of like, basically (laughs) almost all doctrine in scripture revolves around this idea of the death and the resurrection of Jesus who is uh, God in the flesh himself, God incarnate. So God God walked through that himself. And that ultimately is our encouragement ourselves to say, well, any suffering we do is nowhere even close to the suffering that Jesus went through. One who is innocent and yet took upon him the sins of the entire world. So if you know what it is to be freed from sin that 's just your own personal sin. imagine having all of the sin of the whole world, every murder, every rape, every lie, every um, you know deception, every theft every everything was dumped, every evil word spoken, every bit of i can 't even think about all the things that you can do that are just bad things that Jesus had dumped upon him, and he took that willingly for our sake to remove it because he was able to do that because he died. the wages of sin is death, but yet he as a, as a sinless man who fulfilled the law, he became free that all that was cast out, and so we 're able to now partake of that when we give our life to him in humility and then to live out that life as well in his power. so God bless you i hope you 're encouraged uh, i 'll put links to the websites I mentioned in the notes and I pray that you will uh, be greatly blessed in your reading of the persecuted church God bless you have a great day thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like you're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com that's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.